Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another wonderful and exciting episode of the Anthology of Horror. As always, I am your host and narrator, Springheeled Jack. Trigger warning. This show has been known to induce epileptic seizures and snowflakes. It's been known to offend people. It's most definitely not safe for work. But if you enjoy spooky, weird, or otherwise tantalizing stories of the macabre, grim, or gruesome, please stick around. But if your stomach is easily turned by, oh, I don't know, accents, jokes, please turn this show off now. Profanity, can't forget that, that's a big part. (sighs) And I also would like to take this time to say that during the show, I play advertisements that are fake for companies that do not exist that I did not make. I do it to break up the sound of my voice because nobody likes listening to me drone for hours. I'm not profiting off these ads. They are just for comedic relief. So, ha. It is my goal to provide you with an ad-free listening experience because I know how annoying listening to the same pod- podcast circuit drone about Anchor.com or Simply Safe, how fucking annoying that is, and I won't do that here as of right now. However, I find some of my recording gear on the fritz, hence the delay in podcast production, so I might need to start taking on advertisements soon to pay for equipment replacement, or this all could come to a screeching halt. Like my Google sweet fucking... Uh, Corporate email. I called it corporate email. I don't know technically what it is, but thank you to whoever reported me to the Anti-Defamation League as a racist uh, because Google has since banned my account. Like I'm trying to figure out the email situation right now, but we're going back old school. If you want to get a hold of me, you can do so by going to Instagram.com slash Duke Landis 17 D-U-K-E-L-A-N-D-I-S-1-7. All right. With that being said, let's get this kicked off. With a fake-ass ad from a stupid-ass company that doesn't fucking exist. It's the heartbreaking show of human struggle, love, redemption, and hot morons doing drugs in bikinis. Tragedy equals comedy, if you give it enough time. Rehab Island. We put Darwinism into the ultimate struggle as people battle addictions and each other in this hit competitive sobriety show. We take people to the limit, push them over it, and run commercials in between. Alliances form. Get out! Get out of this hut! Loves are lost. I thought you loved me! I love the coke! I love cocaine! Hearts explode. And contestants flatline. Rehab Island. Reality finally gets real on CNT. Speaking of getting real, in looking at the numbers for last show, it's always amazing to me to see how many people enjoy stories about fucking. And I realized that last week there were uh, decent stories, yes. But as far as the fucking went, they were kind of lacking. They were more just stories of people that shouldn't have been in relationships being in relationships. However, hopefully, I've amended that today, hopefully we have some real nasty fucking. Or not, whatever. Either way, I'm going to make fun of it, so it doesn't really matter. This is certainly, hopefully, not the podcast you get off to. I mean, I do, but I'm weird, and I like the sound of my own voice. But that being said, today we're going to talk about Succubi and uh, Incubi, maybe, if I can find a good title that pertains to an incubus. But the general roundabout 
definition of those two would be sex demon. So, I found stories online, and as always, I have not read them through because that would be far too much foresight, and the reaction that I have while I read them to you is authentic. With no more further ado now, I mean it this time. Let's talk about fuck demons. This first one is a compilation titled Succubus, True Stories, Real Life Encounters. One man met a succubus and lived to tell the tale. And that man was Ernest Hemingway, and this is called The Old Man in the Sea. Just kidding. Some people have had the misfortune of meeting demons in their lives. Some people have had the misfortune of going off their psych medication in their life, too, but I don't know if there's a correlation. One such entity that some people encounter is called a succubus. A succubus is a demon in female form that appears to men. Interactions with the succubus can lead to intense injuries or even death. I wonder if that's like sex injuries. Probably. There's a male counterpart to the succubus known as the incubus. Also a mediocre band from the 90s and early 2000s. Both beings are deadly and have evil intent towards their victims. Both creatures have been featured in literature and movies. But many, no surprise, believe them to be real and incredibly dangerous. To encounter a succubus is to be in danger of death. But some people have survived the meetings. Below, read about one man's encounter with a demon and how he survived. Man, slow burn. In December 2012, oh, in uh, what is not the meth capital of California, Bakersfield, a young man named Ethan had a demonic encounter. After returning from school, Ethan was tired and worn out. You could say he was crashing, but still had plenty of homework to do. So for no reason other than he was motivated, he worked late into the night before finally collapsing where he sat at his chair. He fell asleep instantly, but did not sleep soundly. He dreamt that an evil being was in his home and was trying to get into his room. It finally broke in, and as soon as it did, he was jolted awake with a ringing sound in his ears. He should be flattered, man. Some fucking interdimensional evil sex demon is breaking into your house to fuck you? Like, you should be thrilled. He fell asleep instantly, but did not... Oh, sorry. Uh, Ethan felt the demon. Mm. Whore, Ethan. <laughs> uh, excuse me. It was on the wall behind his head, holding Ethan's limbs down. It had something in his ears, and his left ear began to vibrate violently. The strange sensation spread to his right ear as well. Ethan fought as best he could, but he could not break free. He cursed at the being and tried to free his arms and legs but the demon only cackled at him an eerie and horrific sound that was neither deep nor high-pitched ha 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 that's what i hear the demon cried out soon and released ethan ethan sat up rapidly leaping out of the bed turned on the lights but when light flooded his bedroom there was nothing out of the ordinary However, Ethan's dogs were acting abnormal, barking, leaping at the door and trying desperately to get to their owner. Wouldn't you think they'd be trying to get away from their owner, since he's marked by a fuck demon? A uh, dead man walking. I feel like the dog, my dog would be a, pff, gone. Pff, gone. Where's Jackie? Not around. 
He went to the bathroom and was startled to see his reflection in the mirror. His eyes were bloodshot. With the whites of his eyes completely red. Completely red. That's uh, concerning. Ethan realized at that moment that he had been visited, indeed, by a succubus demon. Who has that as their first thought? Wake up in the middle of the night, crashing out. Wake up fucking in your garden in the backyard. And your eyes are all red and you're like, whoa, ooh. Must have been a succubus. I think not. So I question the integrity of this being true. Not that I really had a whole lot of hope that it was legit anyway, but now I brand you a liar, sir. Ethan, you're a fucking slut. Ethan remains terrified of the demon returning, but has not had another incident ever since. You're fucking lying skank, Ethan. Uh, Ethan's story is remarkable in its detail, but also because he survived his encounter with the demon. Fuck you, author. Most who come in contact with any demon, let alone a succubus, do not live to tell the tale. Oh, excuse me. Let alone a succubus does not live to tell the tale. Is the succubus real? While evidence is hard to come by, there are plenty of people like Ethan who have very similar and very similar jarbled stories about their encounters with demons. Either it is an elaborate hoax with people working together to come up with a consistent story or something more sinister at work. Or perhaps there's a online forum known as the Internet where you can post whatever you want claiming that it's true, willy-nilly, with no cited sources, and then people tend to read that thing, and it only takes, well, it takes one person to make it popular, it takes another person corroborating it to make it a shared experience, and then it just slowly weasels its way into the fucking collective narrative. I know I'm getting old because I read an article that was so fucking poorly written. I corrected the grammar. This was online. I corrected the grammar, sent it to the editor of the fucking website, and applied for a job. <laughs> oh, God, I'm a fucking loser. But I'm getting old. That's the moral of that story. I've... Uh, Delved into my demographics a little bit, and I am officially at the creepy-ass uncle age for most of my listeners, so hello. This is Uncle Springheel Jack talking, and I'm not going to touch you. Not even a little bit. Tired today. I'm kind of in a weird mood, but I'm not going to say sorry for it. You guys, you know what you signed up for. So let's listen to another ad. You do everything in your car, from talking to friends, to watching a movie, to turning tricks with a co-worker. So why should you get out of your car to eat? At Up and Adam, we're from a time when America didn't worry about global warming, cholesterol, or who could vote. Drive into Up and Adam today. Up and Adam, food from when we were morally superior. Turning tricks with a co-worker. Ugh. Okay. That one had a disturbing lack of fucking in it as well. For fuck demons, you don't get very much fucking detail. Well, this looks entertaining. I don't know what kind of story it is, but this article is titled Facts About Succubi, the Alluring and Misunderstood Demonic Woman, and then women in parentheses next to it, by Cheryl Adam von Rickoff. Oh, I guess it's a story. Graveyard Shift is the title of it. Written this June. So hopefully this is fucking, uh... Blow my socks off, Cheryl. The Succubus, a sensual female demon. What the fuck? Uh, 
Jesus Christ, is a paranormal entity with a history that dates back thousands of years. Every culture seems to possess a succubus myth. Succubi approach men in a variety of ways, usually while they're sleeping, then they seduce them. You know, I don't know if sleeping, uh, seducing a sleeping person is what that is. I would call that raping a sleeping person, saying as you can't give consent. No, it's just me. Often, men report that their experiences with succubi are positive and enjoyable, but just as often they report that the pleasure had a thread of something evil running through it. That's probably why you enjoyed it, fucking sad sack. According to the succubus legend, sometimes these men come to bad ends after associating with demonic seductresses. You know, the same could be said. Okay, back up. According to some of their friends that were previously married, sometimes these men come to bad ends after associating with their ex-wife in divorce court. Come on. Stories about allegedly real-life succubus experiences have become much more common in recent years. As I said, the internet does that. They are numerous They are numerous posts on Reddit and other websites detailing both pleasurable and frightening encounters. Clearly, I should have gone to Reddit with the succubus. These posts have become so common that it is well worth an effort to explore the historical background of the succubi, as well as learning about succubus experiences in present day. All right, I'll bite. A medieval chronicler recorded a story concerning a young man who became involved with a succubus and who later became Pope Sylvester II. And let that be a lesson to you, succubus rape victims. You too can become a celibate papal figure. According to the story, when this pope was a young student, he was called Gerbert of Aralac. It's a horrible name. He fell in love with the beautiful daughter of a university dean. Well, the Pope sounds like a fucking whore. (laughs) She considered him far too beneath her social station and rejected him. Yeah, Gerbert, come on. Filled with passion and angst for the women who turned him down, Gerbert became obsessed with lewd thoughts. Wait a minute, this was the head of the the Pope? What the fuck? This was the Pope? It was then that he met a strange but beautiful young woman who seemed to appear out of nowhere. Just poof. Her name was Meridiana, and she was quite keen to offer him all sorts of intimacy, esoteric knowledge, and even promised to make him rich. It's a pretty fucking good deal. All these stunning offers held one condition. He must remain faithful to her alone. So she made him sign a prenuptial agreement. Gerbert readily complied. He was steadfast to Meridiana, and as their relationship continued, his prospects increased very quickly. In no time, he was approached, appointed Archbishop of Rhymes, a position far above that of a snobby university dean's daughter. Wow, eventually he became the Pope. It is generally well known that Catholic clergy were charged with maintaining chastity. Well, we've seen how well that's worked out in recent days. So Gerbert would have had to keep Meridiana as a closely guarded secret. No, I don't think so. When I went to high school, the fucking head priest had a daughter that he married her. He didn't marry his daughter. He performed the ceremony of her getting married as her father and her church father because he was a piece of shit. And she apparently maintained her loyalty as well, encouraging and creating his success. And even once, forgave him for fucking another bitch. What the fuck, man? 
This is why I don't do the religion thing, man. It's all smoke and mirrors and sidestepping bullshit, from what I've seen. But I've only done Catholicism in defense to other people's religions, so forgive me. I don't claim to have intimate knowledge of all religion. As the story goes, she did not fully forgive him because she later made the premonition that would be his ultimate demise, and that was that he would perish on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem while he was celebrating the Mass. That's going out like a boss, though. If you're the Pope and you get fucking Abraham Lincoln while doing Mass, someone six ever tyrannizes you, that's amusing. Gerbert was terrified and immediately arranged the public confession of his lifetime of fucking sins. Had he not confessed and repented, he believed he surely would have perished and gone straight to hell. While he immediately canceled his planned trip to Jerusalem, he later passed in Rome. So the prediction didn't come true. And it's said that his tomb now appears covered in sweet juice just before the demise of a pope. Sweet juice? What does that even mean? I don't want to know what that means. Ugh. One man said he was visited by a succubus while he was in an exhausted state. Here's another story. According to an alleged story from a young man named Ethan. We're not listening to fucking meth head Ethan again. Sorry. But, oh. No, definitely not. Laughed. Threatened to rape him. Yeah. Mm -mm. Nope. Sorry, Ethan. You got enough airtime on this show. Over the centuries, some believe that a life of prayer and religious devotion provided protection from all evil spirits, including fuck demons. Such piety rarely seemed to help, however. In fact, in some cases, succubus appeared to be especially attracted to the devout. I like that. That's like nun porn or Mormon girl porn or a nice Jewish girl.com. Not that I've ever been there, but interesting. I can see that the 19th century French author, JK, I'm certain that this succubus infatuation with the devout has nothing to do with their very stringent and strict laws on sexuality. It's not like that creates any sort of repression or fucking sexual frustration. I'm sure they're there for your own good, not for controlling the population or keeping disease down. Please. God, I just want to go off on a fucking tangent so bad about religious people again. Maybe I'll have to make another episode out of it, but like, how do you believe this shit and live in a world where science is a thing? Like, watch Mythbusters. Watch a season of Mythbusters and you will stop believing in all this shit. Maybe not. Maybe not. Forgive me, religious folks. I don't mean to beslander you, but I'm just of a different persuasion. And I'll stop talking shit because that's fucking mean. Uh, the 19th century French author J.K. Huysmans allegedly alleged that what the fuck the 19th century French author alleged that become the target of a succubus while sleeping in monastery here's another one of those articles that I'm going to correct and send back Huysmans said that he was actually what said he was actually on planning a pilgrimage of sports okay what the fuck Heisman said he was actually planning a pilgrimage of sorts I assume he spends Years of his life engaged in exploration of the paranormal, and now his pilgrimage was intended to help him return to the Christian faith of his childhood. Oh, God, I hope that doesn't mean what I think it means. Well, his intentions were earnest, perhaps he was subconsciously attracting the wrong sort of spiritual attention. According to the story, while he slept in a monastic cell, he awoke suddenly and glimpsed a succubus as she was disappearing. I don't pay him to fuck, I pay him to leave! 
That's what Charlie Sheen said. He was convinced it was no dream, since the bed he slept in had evidence that the creature had been there. Like, what, it shit in your sheets or something? There was a belief at the time that such incidents took place when incubi sought to impregnate their female targets. That's a frightening concept if you believe in that shit. Okay, well, that story was fucking dumb. Some men are not only willing marks of a succubus, they actually research, plan, and summon the female demons. <laughs> it's kind of hot. An anonymous online poster claims he prayed to Lilith. I mean, if you've played Magic the Gathering, I could see it. To send a succubus to him. And soon, this is what happened. He described her as a slender, tall, fair skin, and flaming long red hair. So, uh, he called her Alira. I've heard that name somewhere. In a movie, I just don't remember where. And stayed the man for a number of days and nights. Okay, sure you did, fucking two-pump chump. But after a while, an evil presence also entered the man's life, pushing Alira out. How he interacted with her changed as well. Sometimes he could only see her in his head or hear her in his mind. Other times, he would be out and about in public and suddenly she'd appear to him, start slobbing his knob. He speculated that perhaps that sort of activity was under the control of a more malevolent force. Like your lack of Seroquel. Yeah, that's the end of that story, I guess. But a purportedly true 16th century succubus encounter was recorded by author Nicholas Remy. Apparently, a shepherd was hauled into court, tried and convicted of witchcraft, as was the custom of the time. When asked how he became, when asked how he came to associate with witches, the young man claimed that sometime before he had been seduced by a succubus, and she had thoroughly corrupted him. The shepherd went on to say that although he didn't dig through the ditches or burn through the witches that frequently, when he did, he slammed in the back of his Dragula. The shepherd went on to say that at some time after his first encounter with the succubus, he fell in love with a large-breasted milkmaid. He felt so tenderly towards her, but she wanted nothing to do with him. Oomph! Her rejection sent him into despair, and he penned Mein Kampf, and then went back out on the town. One day, he thought he saw his beloved milkmaid hiding behind a shrub. Oomph! He was by her side in an instant, but she became frightened and pushed him away. Then she became extremely receptive to his advances. Encouraged, the shepherd continued, and the milkmaid, in quotation marks, made him promise to acknowledge her as his mistress and behave to her as though she were God himself. Huh. Wow. Another anonymous internet poster was eager to tell of his personal succubus experience. Although he was raised a Christian... He was also overcoming an addiction to explicit content. In other words, the timing and circumstances were ripe for a visit from a succubus. Uh, let me translate that, that last part. Although he was raised sexually repressed, he was recently overcoming his infatuation with pornography and not masturbating and watching porn or trying his very best to go a day without doing so. He says the experience began with the sensation of a gentle touch to his hand. At this point, he was fully conscious, but wondering what was going on. He claims he could not see the succubus, but sensed her speaking to him. He also claimed he could smell its stank-ass perfume. She continued to morph throughout the time he shared with her, transforming her hair color, 
her eyes, her body. I thought you couldn't see her, you lying fuck. Even her ethnicity. Wow. How versatile. Fuck. Jesus. Just beat off. It's not that bad. Fuck. I'm going to take a break. This is pissing me off. You love sports, but isn't it time to forget about friendly rivalries, tailgate parties, and marching bands? It's time America joined the rest of the world. Embrace the global passion of soccer at the next Los Santos Benders home game. Let off flares, riot, and commit race crimes, just like the sophisticated Europeans do. Feel the excitement of a Bender's home game while a normal post-game melee may result in a couple of burnt cars. A proper English riot can burn a town to shreds. It's time America finally joined in on the fun. The LS Benders. Season tickets only $50. Well, how about that? Okay, some experts, experts, huh? argue that what humans perceive as an experience with a sex demon is actually part of sleep paralysis. I'm so fucking tired of hearing of sleep paralysis from all these parascientist bucks. But allegedly, sleep paralysis, who everyone seems to have some sort of weird parasomniac experience with, first of all, fuck you, I actually have a sleep thing, I have parasomnia, I'm a sleepwalker, and fucking sleep paralysis would be a, a, a cakewalk compared to some of the weird shit that I've fucking woken up doing or found myself having done. I shaped half my face once. I imagine with an electric razor, but I had both. And I didn't, I didn't do it well. I've also, uh, I slept, sleep shopped on Amazon on my phone. That was so fun. Just seeing what I surprised myself with. Parasomnia. Far more damaging than sleep paralysis and fucking demons. The inability to move and the sensation of being touched often go hand in hand. No shit. More and more people, however, are claiming that their experiences with succubus or incubus are real. Yeah, and like 75% of the Midwest believe that angels are physical beings. So let's uh, not put too much stock in humanity, okay? One man writing about his experiences even mentions the feeling. One man about writing about his experience mentions the feeling of paralysis. He attributes it to the succubus that was hovering over him, sucking his dick. He wrote that he was completely in her grip and could not move. Good for you, buddy. Some people would pay for that sort of thing. She hovered over him, smiling. She asked him if he knew what succubus do and what they're for. Before he could reply, he described that her face turned demonic red and her beautiful teeth became fangs. Well, that's not very appealing. She laughingly told him that the succubus take the souls of their victims and that he would perish within three days. Then she disappeared. Apparently, the, men, the man survived at least long enough to write down his encounter and post it online. Because that would be my main concern, was telling Reddit about the demon that I didn't even have sex with. Lilith is an ancient yet still thriving archetype of a fallen woman. She takes many forms. Perhaps the most famous is Lilith, Biblical Adam's first bitch. Things didn't work out and she left him. Over the ensuing centuries of Judeo-Christian culture, Lilith evolved as the ultimate symbol for a succubus. 
Men across cultures and ages claim to have been visited by Lilith in the form of a succubus. Sometimes she's invoked or invited. Other times she sneaks in to unsuspecting males and rapes them while they sleep. Oh, no. Okay, well, that was a fucking limp dick of an article. Thanks a lot for that. You failed me, you cunt. On the inside, you're an adventurer because nothing impresses people like having hobbies. I want to get that outdoorsy vibe, but I'm not an outdoorsy person. I really hate nature. On the outside, nothing impresses people like Crevice. Crevice. The outdoor outfitter that gives you exciting hobbies and ensures you look the part. Hobbies aren't about doing something. They're about seeming interesting. Sports aren't about actually participating. It's about looking the part in the bar. Let's face it. Guys into extreme sports could probably get a lot of chicks if they weren't self-absorbed turds. Crevice. We help you take the inside outside. Crevice. Never stop pretending. Alright, I found a Reddit thread that looked moderately interesting. And it's titled, Did I just meet a succubus or some sort of a sex demon or a real lust goddess? Why did it feel so hurt? Especially in my genital. So you know it's going to be good. Can anyone explain why it happened to me last night? My mother bought me a magic books on Celtic. At her request, I tested a spells today at work school center. I actually managed to summon what appeared to be a very beautiful lady pale skin and tall with brown hair and blue eyes and told her a petition. She promised to grant it. When I was going home, I felt sudden numbness in my leg on the 20-minute drive. Just a about two hours upon coming home, my penis started going numb. I could barely walk. What the fuck, dude? 30 minutes later, I felt arthritis-like sensation in my left arm as well as throbbing in numbness. I had difficulty, difficulty writing basic sentences on Discord. The book says her name is Avil. And she is a fairy as well as sex goddess who traditionally vectored men into having sex to please women. What? The book says she will help with any lust spell and sex request as well as offer wisdom and guidance through life. She's a fairy goddess from Ireland. Man, you fucking can't write. Fuck as I type this, my body's getting itchy all around, especially at my foot's area. Here is where it starts getting wired. The penis numbness alone was bizarre, but... So I joined another Discord group last night. So I joined another Discord server last night group. And in the split second, I posted a basic outline before anybody could read it. One of the admin writes publicly... Oh no, pubic... Pubicly in chat saying that the gorgeous lady I met is not Avil, but a sex fiend using Avil's identity to fool me. He and other admin started giving me a crash course on how to enter Astral. Who's Astral? Why are you trying to enter her? I failed even precise instructions until suddenly I closed my eyes and saw some gorgeous lady, but this time snarling. I don't know what the fuck got in me into. Maybe bases stories and your own description of yourself loving fighting like a real Kenpachi. But I suddenly just tried to punch the entity as she was growling at me, and I suddenly wake back in my body. Wow. Riveting stuff. 
The entity was caught off guard enough to stop bothering me at this point. The symptoms disappeared, spit the penis numbness, and the admin told me that this here is a good sign because she stopped bothering me in the duration. I'm just saying. He said, in mean time. I PMSed him further explanations, and he said he saw via astral plane that the supposed evil was not the real goddess because he'd already worked with Yavl and he has a deep relationship with her. Admin spotted from the start the entity next to me was lying fraud whore, so he already responded before anyone could read my summary. Oh my god. And this goes on for another page and a half. Uh, we're done with that fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. Just because you can kind of type in English doesn't mean you should post your fucking stories online. Ugh. I do sound like a grumpy old man today, but I don't give a fuck. Because that guy sucked. In the sea, there are big fish and there are little fish. The same is true on land. But which are you? Isn't it time to define yourself? At Shark, we have different Shark credit cards based on your level of insecurity. Let your credit card color define you. Go on a shopping spree with a red Shark card. The great white Shark is a beast of a card. Everyone in the restaurant will see it and know you are the ultimate predator. Tiger Shark is for the flamboyant spender. The Bull Shark for the violent aggressive predator who hunts in all kinds of environments. Or there's the charitable basking shark. The card for the slow-moving liberal with no teeth. Shark for the apex predator. All right, so I'm attempting to turn the heat up a little bit, just judging by the title of this next one, because I promised you something, and I feel bad if I can't deliver. So it is my most sincere intention to deliver with this next one. All right, this one is called Sex Demon, and it sounds promising in title, you know? So with no more further ado, hopefully we get to a story that's kind of interesting. This one was written by Lexus POV. I woke up to the sound of someone whispering my name. I saw a shadow moving. It was walking slow, and it was at the edge of my bed. It said, you'll soon be mine, it whispered. Damn. His voice got me all turned on. Okay. He opened my legs and went in between them. He was dry humping me. Ooh. He went slow at first and then became speedy. It may be a dry hump, but I can still feel... <laughs> I can still feel his motherfucker hitting my clit. How big is this dude's thang? You wouldn't want to know. I heard him say while humping. Apparently could read the mind. I was aroused after the dry hump. He slid down my pant eye. Oh, for fuck's sake. P-A-N-T-I. And started rubbing me. I let out a moan because he put three fingers in there. The guy is good, I thought to myself. <laughs> That's just a random man shows up in the middle of the night, dry bangs you, and then shoves three fingers inside of you. Your standards are low, friend. Our eyes met, and he was smirking. Please don't tell me he read my mind. In a flash, 
He started licking me, and it felt nice. He stopped and said, We'll do more than this, I promise. And I woke up. It was just a dream. Wow, that read like a bad rap song. It was all a dream. Some strange man came into my house and kind of banged me. Not a good rap song. But you can continue reading. Okay, I had to wash my sheets. These dreams feel real. I want to find out who the guy is in my dreams. I walked out of my room and met up with my best friend Lenny Cole in the kitchen. So how was your sleep, said Lenny, smirking at me. When I first had these dreams, Lenny was the only one I told. He said, well, wasn't this the first one? Back up. When you first started having these dreams, you told Lenny Cole. But this was the first one. You said that already. So she's smirking about what now? He said, we will do more than just licking and fingering, I said, grinning at Lee Nye's reaction. Please tell me what you and that hot dude did, begged Lee Nye. I can't stop staring at her. She just looks so cute. I told her ever since, or every single detail about my dream last night, and also about my sheets being soaked, and she started smirking again. The girl and her mysterious smirks. Man, I think he's real, she said. How do you know that, I asked her. I've heard about fuck demons, and they are hot demons that you have sex with while you dream, she said, looking smart and shit. The guy in my dream is a demon, I asked, getting curious about him. Perhaps, she replied, but a hot one, I said. Day went by, and as it does, then came the night time. Man, got fucking... Jack Frost lives again. I woke up. I looked at my sheets and they weren't wet. I didn't have dream, I whispered to myself. This was like the first time I've never had the dream. Lean I, I yelled while getting out of my room. I went to the kitchen and saw a familiar figure standing near my sink. I was trying to remember where I've seen this figure. Missed me already, said the guy. That's it, I said. You're the man of my dream, sex demon. I said, going closer. You guessed it, bitch, he said, winking at me. Well, I was blushing at the name he called me. Wait, what are you doing here, I said. And what's your name? He stared at me a few seconds, and he said, My name is Luthor, but we'll talk about that over pancake. <clears throat> Just one. Then he snapped his fingers, and we were at I hopped. How did I get there, I asked, looking at myself. I even had different clothes. Oops. Okay, Lexus, you already know I'm a sex demon. That means I can do anything. I can take your clothes off and boom, we're in the restroom. Or you can say yes and we can go home. Oh, man. Really not the best quality of person that writes these stories. Luther said, Tell me you want to know, he said. Why do I have dreams about you, I asked. Because you and I were made for each other, I am yours and you are mine. What do you mean, I asked. A human is supposed to have her own sex demon. It was written by the stars that made you mine, he said, still staring at me. So now what, I asked. I am here for you. I want to be in you, only you, he said, while putting his hands on mine and rubbing them. Are you sure only me because those girls right there are drooling at you? I said, looking unamused. Never mind them. They can't have me because I'm yours and yours mine. I say again. He said, 
while licking his lip. Just by looking at him, hearing those words he's saying makes me so turned on. Fuck, I thought to myself. Don't worry, little bitch. We got plenty of time to do those. What? Winking at me, he snapped his fingers and we were at a different place. A big, fancy house. God, this sucks. Where are we? Lexus said with amused face. We are home, Luther said, staring at Lexus. First, what what the fuck? You name your bit <clears throat> you name your daughter after a car and a a car that is essentially a Toyota with ten thousand dollars taped onto the hood. Oh my god. That was the joke of Lexuses are just cheap imitations or expensive imitations of Toyotas. Home, Lexus said, her eyes trailed off to Luther's that met hers. Yes, a place where you and me can live, Luther said, winkings. Wow, man, you're moving retardedly fast. You guys are dumb. Fuck all y'all. Sign the prenup. Lexus wanted to pinch his cheek, but she thinks he would think of it his cheesy... Fucking idiot. Luther pinned her to a wall and said with a husky voice, How about we check the room? With a flushed look on her, Lexus was blushing deep. Hand in hand, Luther led her through a hall of the color red. Wow, he must like the color red, thought Lexus. It's the only color that matches the underworld realm, says Luther. He must have read her mind. Or perhaps she's so dumb she thought she was just thinking it while saying it out loud. Luther paused in front of a door and turned the doorknob. Crack! The door made a sound while opening slowly. I can hear your heart beating... He whispered, leaning into Lexus. He pulled her into the room and closed the door behind him. Next page is something. Winky emoji. Y'all want to know. Vote and follow, please. Kissy face emoji. Yesterday was my bead day, and it was the shittiest day of my life. I know. Oh, wait. Suckiest day of my life. I know suckiest ain't a word. That was a addendum from the author. Well, the next page contains something. Hey, I'm back. I promise to update often. Edit by the author. Luther pushes Lexus to his queen-size bed. What happened to the car? Why'd you have to push it on the bed? He chucked as he stared into Lexus's eye. Okay, excuse me. He chucked as he started into Lexus's eyes. Don't be nervous, bitch, he whispered seductively, his fingers trailing her body. A moan escaped Lexus as she bit her lip to hide her blush. It's just against the world, baby, Luther whispered in her ear. He left goosebumps trailing like ant on her skin as she tried shacking it off. Fuck it, she murdered. She stood up and sat pussy face down on Luther dick. What? How do you stand up and sit pussy face down on Luther's dick? You feel that bitch? Luther smiled as he pulled a strand of hair away from her face. She couldn't help but think, how can I survive this one? Survive what, sweetheart? Luther asked. Amusement arising across his handsome, sharp, and naughty-looking face. Lexus bit her lip as she forgot from two minutes earlier that he could read mind. She started moving forward and backward. He said, oh yes, bitch. He turned her over, because she apparently wasn't doing a good job. So he could be on top and continued. Lexus wanted more, do so pouted, but Luther chuckled at how cute she was. 
And he said, slow and steady wins the rack. Brighter's block, sad face. A note from the author. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very inspiring. I would have writer's block too. Fuck's sake. Leeksis grabbed hold of Luther's cack, started rubbing her crotch with it. She couldn't help but moan while he was starting at her and ow. Wow, you're illiterate. That, I think it's supposed to say tickles, but I can't even pronounce what it says. He said, smelling showing a perfect row of loot dizzling tiff. As uh, I imagine that's teeth. Mm-hmm. Was all a car could make out because she was lost in the world of satisfaction. I couldn't help but stare at this big, incredible, sexy figure. Um, hmm. Okay, well, that is to be continued in case you want to hear the exciting saga of the sex demon. <sighs> Apparently there's another chapter out, or there's another chapter being written. Wow, people actually liked this? What the fuck? Yeah, man, I apologize. That was not well written at all. Oof. Oof. That's all I have to say. I'd rather gouge my eyes out than read another one of those fucking stories. Especially by that broad. Ugh. Hard pass. Out of five stars, I give it none. <sighs> Succubus this dick. Luis Cardoso versus Vice Beach's Troy Meatpacker. Half of them don't speak much English, the other are foreign. It's the noble Eastern art of eviscerating your opponent with a kidney punch while you're both wearing swimming trunks. MMA. It's a combination of skills, guts, wit, and the psychotic desire to give someone brain damage. Mixed martial arts, mixing kung fu, homoerotic wrestling, bloodlust, and merchandising. I want to see some blood, you pussies! Only on pay-per-view. All right, we're going to try this one more fucking time. This one's titled, You Axed Me For My Name, Tales of Lilith. It was darkening, the end of the day. I walked a suburban artery. That fed the middle-class neighborhoods of Castle Rock. Of Casterly Rock? What? I quickened my pace, anxious to arrive at my bitch's parents' house. I walked purposefully looking down my remembered path. Suddenly, I was compelled to look up, and there she was. She was beautiful. The fading light fell upon the window where she stood, perfectly framing her in the wide, white sash around the window. I looked up, finding her eyes as they looked down directly into mine. The window was of a single pane of glass, large enough to show her from below the waist to her enchanting face with no obstructions. I slowed down, never taking my eyes away from her. She reached to a place below her neck and released a button on what I could see was an oversized white shirt. Most likely a man's shirt, that fucking whore! And it fell from her, sliding down her body, catching only slightly as it exposed her tits. And again as it cleared her hips. She was unbelievably lovely, a dream. Her eyes held mine. I took her in, the whole side of her lost in the vision, framed in the window. She seemed to absorb what light remained, and my eyes drank it. I slowed my pace further, intent on the sight of her, but afraid to stop and stare. 
In an instant, she was only an outline, and I passed the angle as the light fell completely. My body shook. I walked in a daze. Her house was at the corner, where I would turn down the cul-de-sac from my girlfriend's parents' house. As I rounded the corner and came to pass the front yard of the dark house, a light burst forth, illuminating a porch and a door. The front porch, or the front door to the house, where she had let me see her. A curtain parted in the middle of a large paned window to the side of an illuminated door. I could not see behind the parted curtain, but I could feel her looking at me. I could feel her naked body and eyes perfect in the darkness of the house. I did not stop. As I passed the house, the shadows cast by the light from the porch blinked out, absorbed into the darkness. That darkness passed into me. A dark longing quickened inside. The image of her framed in white and gray light burned into my consciousness. Huh. Lee... Who the fuck is this? What a terrible name. Leah and I sat on the floor at the foot of her bed, listening to music and texting friends, looking for something to do. Well, how fucking exciting is that? Somewhere to go. It was a Friday night. I was distracted, but also, so was Leah, as she always was, absorbed in the screen of her iPhone, searching for some reason to be awake. I absently held her, as she leaned against me and I thought about the girl in the house on the corner. Who lives down on that corner house, yo? On the side of the street, as I was as I was turning, I saw someone that looked like she was our age. I haven't seen her before. <laughs> Leah looked at me with an odd, questioning expression. She set her iPhone down for once on the floor beside her and sat facing me. Nobody. That house has been empty for a long time. I used to hang out there a lot with my ex. What a cunt. The daughter of the couple was my best friend. Her name was Journey. What a terrible fucking name. It's like Journey with no U. <laughs> the parents got a divorce. The father was fucking a high school chick. One of his students. It was gross, and it totally wasn't me. Journey cried and cried. My parents wouldn't let me go over there anymore. Then they were gone. Nobody knew where, or at least nobody would tell me anything. A chill blasted through me, and the hair on my arms stood straight up much like my penis had for the last day and a half. Why do you ask? I never really noticed the place, but there was a light there tonight. It startled me when it came on. It came on, excuse me. I did not tell Leah about watching the strip tea show from the beautiful woman in the second story. Really? Leah said in an enthused conspiracy theory whisper. What happened? Nothing. I thought I saw somebody in the window as I walked by, and then when I turned the corner, the porch light came on. It just freaked me out. Someone in the window? What did they look like, dude or chick? This line of questioning was becoming dangerous. Leah possessed a terrible jealousy. I tried never to excite it because I was a soft pussy of a man. Don't read too much into that statement, please. Nobody, I don't know, I couldn't tell. I was stammering like an idiot. It was kind of dark. Leah cocked her head to one side like a dog does when it hears a whistle and looked at me. Oh no, I thought. She's pissed. She punched me in the mouth hard without thinking. You lying piece of shit. Who did you see? It was a bitch, wasn't it? And now you're asking me who she is, you piece of horse shit. Wow. Wow. Big reaction. Come on, you're hysterical. How do you come up with shit like this? Don't call me crazy. She lowered her voice and leaned in closer to hit me harder. I'm crazy. She sat straight upright and held... 
her finger up in front of her. Get the fuck out of my house, you ass fuck. And she pointed to the door. Leave, buddy. You're, you can do so much better. You could be alone, and that's better than this bitch. I left Leah's house with her crying in her bedroom. Leave her there to die. Fuck that. I said quick goodbyes to her parents who were watching television. They waved, long used to my comings and goings, and to their daughter's incoherent ramblings, apparently. Outside the house, I breathed deeply. <laughs> the early spring air was colder now. I knew I was in for a few days of hysterical text. That's why you block their fucking numbers, man. Then two weeks go by, unblock them. If you still get I hate you text messages, block them again. Problem solved. But you are a pansy, sir. And screaming voicemails. Oh, hell no. I wasn't looking forward to it, but I placed it to the side. The girl was an omnipresent force in my thoughts. I could not erase the image of her tits in that window, and I could not erase the memory of her eyes following me looking down. The memory played over and over. Her eyes, I stood there in front of the yard of Leah's parents' house, playing that vision over and over again. Just her eyes, and I slowly started to touch myself. I tried to focus back to her naked body in the window, framed in white. I tried to recall the images of her shirt dropping, revealing her body. But they were only glimpses, but just her eyes, always before me, looking into me. I need a drink. <laughs> Felt like I should light a cigarette. Jesus, did you turn into a 50-year-old author all of a sudden? I don't smoke. I also don't drink. I looked up behind closed eyes into the night sky. She said, come to her, and her eyes closed. Almost in a trance, I walked into the street and turned out of the cul-de-sac. I could see the porch light come on at the house on the corner. She opened the door to let me in, and the house was dark. The dusty hardwood floor was visible and the faint light cast inward from the porch. There was nothing in the large front room and her feet were bare. I followed her bare legs up to the hem of the man's white shirt loosely draped from her shoulders. I looked at her and drank in her beauty. She smiled. The porch light went out. The door closed. She took my hand without a word and started up the stairs. Her hand was warm. Halfway up, she turned to me, smiling. Thank you for this. I've waited a long time. I awoke alone, naked, on the floor of an upstairs bedroom. Sunlight filled the empty room, flooding through an open door. I squinted into the light and made out the form of a large single-pane window where I had seen her from the street below. I thought to call out to her, and then I realized that I had no idea what her name was. Somehow, I knew I was alone in the house. I could not, for the life of me, remember the night, as much as I wished I could. But she was incredible. Perfect. I remember she felt very warm, hot. I, it could have been me, but she felt like she had a really high fever. Once the lovemaking began, I was lost in it. Now I only remembered entering her and the heat of her body. My phone gave off a single chirp. Fuck shit, ass cunt. I'm out of battery. I dug it out of my jeans before it went dead. I saw the long list of missed calls and messages from that psycho cow I was dating. I got dressed, thinking to leave the house from the back. I was uncomfortable being seen exiting an abandoned property and there was also the possibility of stupid ass Leah passing by on her way to school. The house backed up to a narrow strip of green belt with a low split rail fence at the end of the backyard. I had to leave the house through the den which was dark 
being at the back of the house with no window save the blacked-out curtain sliding glass door through which I would exit, I reached for the light switch. As I stepped down into the den and flipped it, nothing. What did you expect, you fucking retard? I flipped it up and down a couple times, challenging the fates. Never good. I frowned. Leaned back in the kitchen, found the light switch on the kitchen side of the same wall. Nothing. There was no electricity. Yeah, you know what, man? This was eloquently, lit, eloquently written right up until that point. That's what happens when you don't pay the bill, you fucking idiot. They turn off the power because somebody has to pay for it. In theory. Not in Siri. I'm sorry. Cancel Siri. I said in theory. Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Could you please repeat it? You're dismissed, Siri. Thank you. Just a moment. Shut the fuck up. We're going to take a quick break. It's time to take your weight problem seriously. It's time to stop pussyfooting around with so-called lifestyle changes. It's time for surgery today. Don't wait a minute. Don't try other methods. Try the gastro band. Don't for one second think you can do it on your own. We both know you can't. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gotten into this mess. Get real about your weight problems and your complete lack of willpower. Give in. Get surgery. Get out. It's the world we live in. Slice and dice your problems away. Then you can look like other people. Have the gastro band inserted today and watch your weight and problems melt away. Finally, you can be happy like normal people. It's time to put down the knife and fork and go under the knife and scalpel. Give up and get thin. Gastro band surgery. Remember, surgery solves everything. Hmm, you may be skinny on the outside, but... Still fat on the inside. A queer chill passed over my shoulders. I looked around me quickly and stepped across the dark den, pulling the drapes away from the sliding glass door and flooding the room with morning light. I looked around me nervously. There was no one and nothing in the room. The hair of my arm stood, as did my penis. I fumbled with the locking mechanism, releasing it and pulling it fucking hard. That's my dick, not the door. The door slid, but an inch, and slammed against something low... Stopping cold, my fingers ripping out of the slot to open it again. I became frantic, fear climbing up my spine. I looked down the track, guiding the path of the door. Oh, there was a man's head with the base of the glass door embedded. Dried blood lay in the tracks and on the floor. I screamed and jumped back from the impossible sight, pedaling frantically in reverse. I caught one foot with the other and fell hard on my back, facing the hideous sight. But then I looked, it wasn't there. I stared wildly at the metal bar resting on the track, blocking the path of the sliding glass door. I jumped to my feet, pulled out the metal bar, and threw it like a javelin through the sliding glass door. Uh, and now it opened up on its track. I stumbled out onto the concrete porch. I turned facing back into the house and quickly pulled that door shut, stopping when I realized that I could not lock the door from the outside. I ran from the split fence yard and cleared it with a bound, falling to my hands and knees in the wild grass beyond the fence. I had to compose myself. I was acting like my girlfriend. I stayed there on all fours, also acting like my girlfriend, breathing hard. After just a few moments, I rose to my feet and turned towards the road. 
in the corner of the backyard, I just fled. Backyard, excuse me. I held close to the fence and looked carefully around the corner, hoping not to find someone out walking a dog or a familiar car driving by. There were no motherfuckers on the sidewalk, so I stepped out from behind the fence and a car drove by. Leah flipped me off and called me a man whore as she gunned her car to speed away from me. I looked up at the house and there she was in the window, white shirt unbuttoned, hanging from her shoulders. She smiled at me. For the next five days, you can bet your sweet fucking ass I went to that house. I entered through the backyard, easily scaling the low fence. Didn't you just say you jumped over it now you're scaling it like a fucking cat burglar? Imagine it's a fucking knee knocker at best. I went when I knew that Lee would be at school, and I went again later at night. At first, my lover would be standing in the den when I pulled back that sliding door. Each time, I could not help but look down for the head. It never returned. Not the head that he was getting, the head that was blocking the sliding door. She would take my hand and walk me upstairs to the same bedroom. After the fourth or fifth time together, she waited for me upstairs as if waiting for a meal. She became more direct, taking me, pulling me onto the ground, and raping me, pulling my clothes off, touching me, and putting her mouth on everything. It was amazing, but somehow consuming and oppressive. I was exhausted all the time. My normal vitality reduced to crawling lethargy, literally crawling up the stairs of the room while she waited, or I went to be consumed voluntarily. Last night, after she fed, she looked at me coldly. Other times, she would roll to her side, uh, breathing deep in rhythmic pulses, leaving me on my back, staring into the empty ceiling, and I would fall asleep and wake with her gone. Bro, why are you whining about this? But last night, she rose from her feet and looked down on me. I saw her there on the edge of my vision, and then scanned over her. To find her ever-present eyes looking into mine, her face screwed into a scowl, and she smiled. Really, I should thank you, but I won't. I looked at her dumbly, not breathing, anticipating. You were nice, but really, you should have been more. I lifted myself on my elbows to protest, to offer more. Goodbye, boy. This is over for me, but not for you. It's only just begun. I'm going to let you live. I won't take that little last piece from you. Someday, maybe you'll thank me for letting you live, but I don't think so. You'll never be satisfied. You'll always be hungry. She turned away. What's your name? I blurted out. Many times I'd wanted to ask her this simple question, but did not out of fear. Of knowing, perhaps, or for fear, what would change. She turned back to face me, thoughtful, considering what she would say. This, she said as she drew her open hand down the length of her beautiful torso. Presenting it is Reina. She paused, smiling at me with her secret I'm sure you've heard of her. She's the naughty little girl from your school that was caught fucking her math teacher. She looked up at the ceiling, appearing to contemplate something. I've forgotten his name. She gave a small laugh, but I remember his little girl. Journey and her little friend Leah, your bitch. She smiled, still looking in the ceiling. They would both be wonderful right now. She looked down at me, her eyes open, full of hate. But Raina, she's hiding in here somewhere. She waved her hands up and down across her body, searching in disgust for her cohabitant, that little slut. I recoiled from her, scrambling back on my hands and feet until I hit my head on the wall. She took a step towards me. What? What are you? I stammered, bile and fear pushing into my throat. She moved closer, crouching down to the level of my eyes, turning her head to examine mine. Pressed myself into the wall, turning my face away from hers, cowering under her, up under my upheld hands. The sign of the alpha male, putting your hands up, sitting on your balls and cowering. Nice. You asked me for my name. She held her eyes over me. 
smothering me in hate. My name is Lilith. It's an old name, older than your Bible, the Old Testament part at least. I missed the cut in Constantinople, so you won't find me in that book. But I'm in older, scarier books. Priests call me a succubus. The priests, the ones who really believe, fear me most. She rose to her full height. Under my hands, I saw her look up. She sighed, resignation or disappointment. Her body, the body, whoever's body, Raina's body, arched back against its spine and issued a horrible cry of pain and anguish. Her upper abdomen and chest began to bulge, pushing her shoulders back further with each horrible push. She lifted her head to stare at what was happening to her body, and she found me cowering against the wall where I'd been. Her eyes were, f- her eyes were full of fear. Her mouth opened in silent scream. She reached for me, and then it happened. Her chest cavity split. A terrible, putrid essence flowed from the hole in her chest. She didn't fall. Suspended there, staring at her own torn body, the stuff coming from her torn form in the air between us. Reyna let loose a final terrible scream, and the substance pouring from her body dispersed into billions of particles, filling the room and pushing me hard almost into the wall, unable or too afraid to breathe. Before Lilith disappeared, I heard Reyna's body fall to the floor, and Lilith spoke to me silently. We will meet again. Ooh. Well, I suppose that was a strong enough note to end it on. Not bad. We asked people, why did you move to the Grand Sonora Desert? I moved for the arid climate. I really wanted a safe environment for my children. I moved for the math. It's not a mirage. It's a real trailer park. Imagine your new dream home in the Grand Sonora Desert. Imagine life in a place devoid of it. A place where you can be alone. Go on hikes and die of sunstroke. It's a place too boring for plants. It's the Grand Sonora Desert. Come live where there's nothing there. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. I'd like to thank you all for tuning back in, as I often do. And thank you very much for supporting the show. It always baffles me when I see how good my ratings are, and that is because you guys are extremely supportive, and you are much appreciated. Uh, I'm genuinely surprised that you guys liked the revisionist history of Adolf Hitler. You guys always surprise me with how supportive and diverse a crowd you are, because I do have quite an eclectic blend, it would seem. And I appreciate you guys. That's pretty much the uh, moral of this little lecture. But speaking of you guys, let's talk about you guys for a second. Because you guys are the reason for the season I record. All right. So let's talk about stats. Top 10 cities. Oh, wow. Los Angeles, California. Houston, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Jesus Christ, Texas, you've always been good to me. Thank you. Chicago, Illinois, San Jose, California, Islington, England, thank you. Salt Lake City, Utah, Live Oak, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you very much, you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for continuing to tune back in. You're the reason that I do this, so thank you so much. All right, top 10 countries, U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, the Bahamas, that's a new one, welcome. To the top 10 list, guys. Thank you for listening. Germany, Ireland, Sweden, hello. Mexico and, oh, for fuck's sake, Digi Booty. I don't know how to say that. I'm so sorry, but 
I've never even heard of that because I'm an idiot. Thank you for listening. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Uh, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, my Google business email was banned because apparently I've been labeled a racist or, or a uh, deplorable, whatever. And uh, you can't email me at the Google or the uh, at Anthology of Horror currently because Google's not doing the middle manning for the email for whatever fucking reason. So just like the olden days, if you would be so kind, if you'd like to reach out to the show, you can message me on Instagram. If you go to Instagram.com slash Duke, D-U-K-E, Landis, L-A-N-D-I-S, one seven. I don't check social media very often because I am stupid and I have no friends, but I'll get around to it eventually. If you want to send me a message, please do so via Instagram because I can no longer access my corporate email account. So, once again, that's Instagram.com slash DukeLandis17. No spaces, all one word. And uh, thank you very much, once again. Oh, also, my mainly my computer is shitting on my face. That's why there's been such an alarming like inconsistency with when I am able to upload. I believe my hard drive is frying out because I can't even turn the fucking thing on half the time. And when I can, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Fortunately, I've been able to keep it from shutting down to keep the boot cycle from uh, rebooting the hard drive, which seems to kill the computer every time it happens. So if you guys wanted to go to the Patreon and perhaps kick in a few bucks for a new laptop and recording shit, that would be much appreciated because when the laptop dies, unfortunately, so does the podcast because I can't justify buying another MacBook unless the podcast is ongoing. You guys are very supportive as is, and I know times are tough right now, so I'm not going to get all sour about it if there aren't Patreon contributors for the laptop cause because I get it. Times suck right now. They're uncertain. No hard, no hard feelings here and no sweat because I totally understand. But should you take it, you know, should you feel the calling and you have nothing else to do with your money, you can go to anthologyofhorror.com and the Patreon link will be somewhere on that website. I think it's on the top right, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, I'm done droning, that's all. Thank you very much for tuning back in. This has been another wonderful episode of the Anthology of Horror. And until next time, you sassy motherfuckers, stay spooky. Motherfucker.